0: If you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place at the wrong, at the right time, let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right gay, guy. <laughs> I need to volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Hello and welcome to another episode of Throwing Couch Potatoes, the show where I try to get to 5,000 professional wrestling matches by the end of 2023. This is a big episode. We're covering everything that I watched from Sunday, March 26th to Sunday, the 2nd of April, uh, which is Mania Week. I watched an insane 141 matches. My eyes! My eyes! And my brain! Oh boy, we gotta jump right into it because we got a lot of shit to cover. Let's go. Cast your mind back. Astral project yourself to March 25th. Uh, Because that's when I watched Stardom, New Blood Premium. I guess this is the Stardom show where they kind of like debut new wrestlers. I gotta say, uh, having watched so many matches this week, this feels like a lifetime ago. But I will try and remember uh, some of these matches. So it opened with Julia versus Aya Sakura. Uh, I think Sakura is new, so she's basically just being thrown to the wolves and immediately facing uh, the, the Stardom champion. Um, this was a fairly decent match. I gave it a 3. Pretty good showing for Sakura. Julia is great as always. Um, pretty interesting having her jerking the curtain here. Um, yeah, decent match. After that, uh, Himeka and Mika of Donna Del Mundo took on Hanako and Lady C. Pretty decent tag match. Uh, like I always say, the standard for quality for Stardom is pretty high. So uh, this was a 2.75, but still like really good action and you know hard-hitting and fast-paced and all that. Uh, after that, sexy dynamite princess, aka Mariah May, took on super strong Stardom Big Machine, which is uh, hilariously like the smallest wrestler on the roster wearing a mask. Uh, this is a bit of a comedy match, which um, I-, I haven't seen Stardom do too much of, uh, but it was it was decently fun. Um, you know, Mariah May also in a in a mask gimmick, uh, just kind of like yeeting around this this tiny person uh yeah it was a 2.5 it was fine um definitely a, a step down in you know in-ring action from the usual stardom fare. Uh, after that Mirai and Tomoko Inaba took on Amisore and Anami uh this is a pretty good match rated it a 3.25 um this was the highlight of the show to be honest it, Mirai is is excellent I've really liked everything I've seen from her so far this year after that, Karma and Starlight Kid took on Chanyota and Mai Sakurai. Uh, this one was a 2.75. Um, following the the previous tag match, which was a, a little bit better, uh, this one was uh, a, li- a little messier, so I didn't rate it uh, nearly as high. After that, Sayuri took on Mio Amasaki. This one was uh, a little more forgettable. I didn't really uh, get grabbed by this match so much. Uh, it was a 2.5. And then, uh, Karma and Starlight Kid took on Mirai and Tomoka Inaba. Oh yeah, I guess I forgot, the the previous two tag matches that happened, um, were kind of like the semifinals for the New Blood Tag Team Championship tournament that I guess was going on. Uh, I was unaware of a lot of this. But yes, this one was for the New Blood Tag Team Championship, so it's like the finals of the tournament. And uh, it wasn't as good as uh, Mirai and Inaba's previous match, um, but I did like it more than Karma and Starlight Kid's uh, previous match on the card. So it kind of evened out to about a three. Good tag match. Uh, a lot of good tag wrestling on this card. Um, just maybe not the the best stardom has to offer. Uh, but your main event is Cosmic Angels Tam Nakano and Wakasuki versus Kairi and Nene Takahashi. I believe the stipulation here was that if Waka couldn't win, she would be kicked out of cosmic angels. I think that's what the the case was because she just hasn't won any matches in a really long time so they were like if you, if you can't win this one we're kicking you out um, she did get the win and I'm happy to say that this was a pretty solid match. Um, I said previously that uh, the Mirai tag was uh the high point of the card but i forgot that this was actually uh the best match i have rated here um kairi is great uh nakano and waka are great and takahashi is a pretty solid tag team partner for kairi as well yeah i like this match quite a bit 3.5 i recommend you check it out if you like joshi Overdue prestige for hybrid moments their last show before mania weekend uh the show opened with alec price versus jordan oliver um <laughs> i have a, a funny relationship with this match i guess uh this was the one that made me realize that wrestling is too damn long indie wrestling in particular i feel like a lot of the indie matches that i watch would be improved if they just shaved like five minutes off of them And this is the match that made me come to that conclusion. Uh, Really good moves. And, you know, it was, like, put together decently. But the problem is, is that there were just too many near falls, too many high points that should have ended the match. So by the time the end actually came around, there was just so many peaks and valleys that I didn't really care anymore. Like, this went, I think, close to 18 minutes and I I tweeted you know compare it to Killer Kelly versus Masha Slamovich on this same card which I'll talk about later that one went about 11 minutes and it was just paced so much better I I rated them the same but like what these guys were doing in this match should have been a higher rating and I had to dock it so many points because I was just like this is just dragging on too long This should have ended like six minutes ago so yeah um your mileage may vary i'm getting really burnt out of the indie epic match um, which is why i'm usually kind of trepidatious about gcw cards because it's like hardcore wrestling and indie matches that are just far too long uh fun fact there is a notable pro wrestler who uh, actually dm'd me about uh these claims basically uh agreeing and saying that uh, a lot of indie matches are going on too long. So it's interesting to see that I'm not alone in this assessment. I won't name this person, but it, it's uh, somebody uh, that I'm a big fan of. So I thought it was very uh, fascinating hearing their uh, their take on that, which is generally, yeah, shit's too long. Cut cut some of that out, guys. Less is more. After that, one called Manders took on Akira, the death fighter. I guess the death samurai is dead, he says. Um Death Samurai was a cooler name. I don't know. I don't know about me. I don't know about you. Death Fighter is kind of lame. But anyways, um, this was an all right uh, kind of brawly match, from what I remember. Again, this feels like ten years ago at this point. Uh, I rated it about a two point seven five. These guys are all right. After that, the previously mentioned Killer Kelly versus Masha Slamovich match. Um, yeah. Th- was pretty good i i really liked what i was seeing and the ironic thing about what i said earlier is i feel like you could have given these two a little bit more time but not too much but i feel like this match you know it wasn't trying to be a marquee match this was kind of just like a uh, an exhibition so to speak in any case i did like it it was good and it flowed nicely and i Even though I rated it a 3 as well as the Alec Price-Jordan-Oliver match, I feel like I liked this one a lot more. So maybe it's more of a 3.25. Who's to say? After that, Alex Shelley took on Alan Angels for the Prestige Championship and the Pro Wrestling Revolver Remix, uh, Remix Championship in a submission match. After that, Alex Shelley took on Alan Angels in a Prestige Championship and Pro Wrestling Revolver Remix Championship submission match. Uh, this one was pretty, pretty good. I do like seeing Alex Shelley in these Remix Championship uh, stipulation matches. He seems to often choose a submission match, which uh, I think suits his style very well. Alan Angels is a uh, pretty good wrestler, and I've been really interested in seeing his indie work. Uh, yeah, this was a good match. 3.5. I five. I'd recommend you check it out if you like uh, the Motor City Machine Guns or just Alex Shelley. He's a great wrestler. Uh, after that, Trey Lamar took on Sonico. Um, this one, I don't know. I feel like it just never really got off the ground. And knowing Trey, you know, he can definitely pull off a spectacular match. But... This one just never really reached the particular heights that uh, I've seen him do before. It was a three from me. Then Chris Sabin, also of the Machine Guns, took on Speedball Mike Bailey. Boy, we're going to be talking about Speedball a lot on this episode. Uh, this was a 3.75 from me. Uh, great uh, Sabin match. These two are the kind of wrestlers that you, you put them together. It's kind of hard not to have something above average. Um, yeah, it wasn't, like, an all-timer or anything, but you could stick this match on literally any card, and I would rate it pretty highly. Uh, 3.75 from me. Definitely check it out if you like either guy. Uh, and following that, the, uh, main event of Prestige Hybrid Moments, Robert Martyr taking on the king, Minoru Suzuki. Uh, it's interesting considering, um, this was, I think, one or two days after I saw Suzuki? Um... And, you know, you could see that both this Robert Martyr match and the Judas Icarus match that I saw live follow a pretty similar formula. Uh, I wasn't bothered by that. I do feel like um, Judas maybe got a little more out of him and maybe had a little bit uh, better chemistry with Suzuki. Um, In any case, I rated it a 3.75. It was still a great match, still one that you should check out if you're uh, a Robert Martyr guy, or if you just like prestige, or if you just like Suzuki, because these indie matches that he's been doing where he can just kind of mess around with a young guy and then fuck him up at the end, honestly, I'm digging it, I I like it a lot better than some of his New Japan stuff I've seen lately good stuff, 3.75 good show all around overall, other than some time uh, criticisms But, uh, yeah, good stuff from Prestige this week. Uh, I haven't seen Nervous Breakdown, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be uploading it to IWTV or if it's going to be on High Spots because I don't have a High Spots subscription. So I don't know if I'll be able to check out their Mania weekend show. And I would like to. There's some good matches on there. AEW had Elevation. Wow. TV wrestling. I... been watching so many pay-per-views I forgot it was a thing uh, this one opened with Tony Nice and Ari Davari versus Lane Summers and Campbell Myers um, pretty bog standard squash tag match it was a 2.75 after that Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir took on Briar and Sage Hale. Um yeah, this was an, another squash tag match but much much better. Um Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir are a pretty good tag team and I'm just going to say it, I'm a full-on Marina Shafir fan at this point. She is so cool, she's so different and she's really coming into her own as this like badass judo re- style wrestler. I'm I'm loving it and I hope they do something really interesting with her soon but you know i'm happy to just keep watching her squashing people because it's great every time 3.25 this was a good one willow nightingale took on maggie lee after that uh love me some willow this was just an okay one though 2.75 nothing super memorable then big bill and lee moriarty took on zach clayton and anaya Um, Can't tell you too much about this one, I'm afraid. I don't remember a whole lot about it. I do love Lee Moriarty, though. And his tag team with Big Bill is pretty all right. Uh, Athena took on Tootie Lin in an ROH Women's Championship Proving Ground match. I didn't love this one as much as uh, a lot of Athena matches uh, that have been going on lately. This one didn't have quite as many um, qualities as some of those had. So it was a 2.5. Still fine. It seems like Tootie Lynn might be sticking around AEW. She's got, like, an on-screen role as, like, Mark uh, Sterling's, like, summons server person. And Athena has said she wants to run this match back. So, you know, maybe we'll see more of Tootie Lynn. Uh, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Ethan Page took on the Spanish Announce Project, Luther, Serpentico, and Angelico. Uh, I like like SAP quite a bit. And... uh, you know, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page and, and Isaiah started out kind of fun but these matches are starting to grate on me I just don't know where it's going uh, I surprised that this one was pretty lackluster 2.25 and then your main events I feel like I've seen this one recently Diamante versus Rio uh, this was a 2.75 I feel like both women are capable of better and maybe they'd Just didn't click in this one. I don't know. I I remember there being a couple of sequences that were a little awkward, but still nothing too terrible. Uh, Yeah, 2.75. Maybe not uh, the best elevation card this week, but that's fine. There's lots of wrestling going on. They're trying not to burn you out, I guess. Over to WWE for WrestleMania Raw. This one opened with, God, another women's match that on paper I would have freaked out about like seven years ago. Becky Lynch versus EO Sky uh, was only a 2.75. I feel like in different circumstances, these two women could put on an all-time classic, but it's Raw. What are you going to do? After that, Mustafa Ali took on Seth Rollins. Jesus, another match that I would flip for in in a different universe where they would be allowed to to wrestle. 2.5, Mustafa is still being criminally underused, uh, he has this new character as a guy who whines constantly and tries to critique other wrestlers and tell them what to do. I feel like it's just more burying of Mustafa, and like they're trying to get up, like get revenge on him for that whole bullshit that happened like a year back. I don't know. It's just sad seeing him. He's so talented, and they're just not using him for anything cool. After that, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, took on Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, Otis, and the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, smash white supremacy. Um, I've been seeing. I think it was like V1 from OSW Review has been calling these types of matches party matches lately, and uh, I, I feel like that's a pretty good uh, descriptor. This this was a pretty good good party match. Um, 3.5 for me. I feel like these Braun Strowman Ricochet matches always have some fun spots, and they work pretty well as a team. It just seems like they're wrestling the same guys over and over again, and to what end I have no idea. But uh, 3.5, pretty good. After that, Candice LeRae and Michin took on Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville. A pretty lackluster tag match. Candice LeRae is, you know, another one of my favorite wrestlers from back in the day. But seeing her on Raw, it's like watching a different person. Uh, 2.5. Then Rey Mysterio took on Damian Priest. Um, I'm pretty into the Rey Mysterio-Dominic Mysterio, Mysterio storyline, but I'm not a Damian Priest guy. So this match was just okay for me the 2.75 oh and then in a singles match Dolph Ziggler took on my main man Gunther uh, this match was uh, you know there's a world where Dolph Ziggler versus Gunther could be you know a memorable match that we talk about for months but you know just another throwaway raw match where I don't know if I were booking it I'd be kind of excited about it but you know not a whole lot to get excited about here Anyways, your main event: Cody Rhodes versus Solo Sokoa. Wow, it's it's weird talking about the the past of this Cody Rhodes feud with Roman Reigns, considering everything that's happened. Uh, this was a three out of five uh, fine main events. Nothing wrong with it. Just uh, nothing super special about it either. Uh, over to Dark, which I am happy to say was significantly better than Elevation. It opened with Nick Camarado versus A.R. Fox. Nick Camarado's eye got fucked up in this match. Uh, he's a he's a tough son of a bitch. Um, pretty entertaining, as A.R. Fox matches often are. He's a very creative dude and seems to get the best out of his opponents uh, while managing to look very, very good at the same time. 3.25, good opener. I also gave 3.25 to Queen Amanada versus Sky Blue. This match reminded me of when Sky Blue was first starting to kind of blow up and she was having really good matches and then that kind of went away for a little while. This reminded me of that time. Queen, Queen Amanada is fucking awesome. Uh, her low, like, sliding dropkick thing is so cool. I love it. I hope we get to see more of her. This match got exactly what you needed to get out of sky blue i feel like she works best in a high-paced match and whenever she has to slow down that's when she looks kind of awkward she really does kind of come into her own when she's able to just like cut loose and and go nuts uh yeah this match was great 3.25 check it out after that evil uno took on alexander moss and a fairly decent brawl pretty average match i feel like they're trying to get over evil uno more as a singles guy uh, now that The Dark Order is kind of taking a, a shift in perspective. Uh, 2.5 from me. After that, Marina Shafir took on Steph DeLander. Uh, this was not a Marina Shafir squash match. Uh, Steph DeLander is like XNXT. nxt She's pretty big on the indie scene. We'll be seeing her at The Collective later on this week. Um, so yeah, not a, not a squash, but still pretty good. Uh, love seeing Marina. I especially like... Understanding that her increase in quality, I like that her uh, recent success is uh, partially due to being taken on as somewhat of a protege of John Moxley. When you hear him talking on uh, Renee's podcast about um, how he's helped her uh, develop her character, suddenly her um, quick improvement makes a lot of sense. Um, this was, yeah, three out of five for me. Pretty solid uh, match, and I'm liking what I see from Marina. Zach Clayton took on Schaff in the next match. Um, yeah, I don't even remember who Zach Clayton is, and I feel like that was the point of this match, is to tell you who Zach Clayton is. And it was, I don't know. 2.5, barely remember it. Top Flight, Dante and Darius Martin. Oh, <laughs> took on Liam Gray and Adrian Alanis. Oh, there's just, there's just so much history in this week. It, like... <laughs> tuesday feels like five years ago it's crazy uh 3.25 for this match pretty good top flight match um you know uh lots of cool creative moves won't be seeing many of these for a long long time qt marshall and aaron solo took on austin green and vari morales in a pretty average and forgettable tag match i gave it a 2.5 Uh, which I also gave to Brady Booker versus Serpentico. Booker is another ex-NXT guy. He's a big dude. Uh, Other than that, there's not a whole lot to get excited about with him at the moment. 2.5. And then your main event, Cole Carter took on Kanosuke Takeshita. This was a pretty decent Takeshita match. Um, Carter started off looking a little wobbly, but uh, improved as the match went on, and it ended up... um, picking up the pace so to speak wound up with a pretty satisfying ending so yeah 3.25 a good main event from Dark much better card than Elevation this week I was pretty satisfied with it over to NXT which opened with a 20 man battle royale North American match uh, North American championship qualifier battle royale with 20 men in it Uh, this was surprisingly a fucking baller match Um, I was kind of blown away at how quickly i was like ticking up the score in my head because there was just so much going on nxt has been really uh excelling at chaos lately i feel like um a lot of their uh less experienced wrestlers can really shine in a match where they can just kind of come in do something cool and then leave um yeah this was a 3.75 hot opener for nxt unfortunately it's all downhill from here uh after that tyler Bate took on von wagner uh yeah von wagner sucks ass because if you can only get 2.5 out of tyler Bate, uh something's wrong there he is a very poor wrestler i uh, yeah seen too much of von wagner already after that, Valentina Feroce took on Electra Lopez. Uh, this one was a little, a little better. It had some decent kicks in it from what I remember, but other than that, not too memorable. Uh, Eddie Thorpe took on Miles Bourne. I'd, I'd really like to tell you that Eddie Thorpe is, is just exploding onto the scene in NXT after leaving New Japan, but uh, not so far, not really. We'll see where it goes. 2.5. And then in a triple threat, I believe, to qualify for the women's ladder match at Stand and Deliver. Sol Ruka, In uh Indy Hartwell, and Ivy Nile in a triple threat. Um fairly enjoyable. Um Sol and Ivy definitely have something. And uh, you know, Indy's alright. So, you know, this match was okay. Two point seven five. Hank Walker took on Drew Gulak next. Um, I feel like this one didn't get enough time. These guys could probably put on a pretty decent technical match if it was given time to breathe, but it just didn't have that here. Uh, So, yeah, 2.5 for me. Then your main events. I was actually surprised it was the main event. I thought there was more time in the show for another match, but, well, apparently this is it. Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs versus Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. Uh... Oh yeah, I have him in, in my sheets here as stacks, but his his name is Channing Lorenzo. I know that. I know Channing. There, it's better. Uh, unfortunately, that match wasn't better. Pretty average tag match. I, you know, I, I'd say, like, what would you put as the main event instead? I guess the women's triple threat, because... This match was a bit of a dud. And, uh, yeah, like I said, NXT started off really hot and then got very mid for the rest of the show. But speaking about very mid for the rest of the show, it's time for NWA Power. We open with Jordan Clearwater versus Jake Dumas versus J.R. Kratos. Um... Yeah, pretty average punch kick, basic suplex brawl here, nothing really going on. Lifeless crowd, no entrance themes, just no prestige in NWA power. It's uh it's all pretty sad. Two out of five. Still better than blood Force, Trauma, Carnage and Damage versus Magnum Muscle, Dak Draper and Mims. The match was kind of okay for a little bit, but then some lady came out and was, like, mad at one of the managers and started hitting him, and then they just they just threw the match out and said it was a no contest. Um, I don't get it. NWA just has story things happen for no discernible reason, and they don't make anything better. In fact, they make things clearly worse, and it's just confusing, and... Yeah, it's, it's it's bad stuff. Bad stuff all around. 1.75, very poor match. Ending did not make any sense. After that, Alex Taylor took on Joe Alonzo in what was admittedly at least a, a more spirited bout than what I had seen previously before. This was like a halfway okay signals match. It was a 2.25. Um, still not really great. And then... <laughs> A tag match featuring Tyrus, the NWA world champion, and Eric Jackson. I believe Tyrus was in the ring for all of two minutes in this match. He thought about slamming a guy, and then he didn't. Wonderful. They're up against EC3, Ethan Corgan III, and Black G's. Um, yeah. It's funny to even bother putting Tyrus in this match, because I literally had to go back and watch the match a second time to be like, Hold on, did Tyrus not even get in the ring? No, he was in the ring for, like, uh, a brief moment and did literally nothing. Uh, This match was boring, it felt pointless, and Tyrus is embarrassing for the entirety of the NWA. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Two out of five. NWA power. At least it's consistent. Over to AAW for Dynamite. We open with Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Matt Hardy. Uh, A decent enough match. Uh, Again... Wednesday feels like a different era, and uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it. 2.75 I have here. After that, Dalton Castle and the boys Brandon and Brent took on the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, the BCC kicked the absolute shit out of Dalton and his boys, and the match was over pretty quick. Um, and yeah, uh, Brian Danielson came back, which is cool. Um, but this match. Wasn't really a whole lot of anything. It was just sort of like BCC dog walks Dalton and the boys, and then Danielson comes back. So it was kind of an angle, less of a match, but still good stuff 2.75. After that, Keddy Omega took on Jeff Cobb for the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship um yeah definitely not as good as the, the the kingo match from last week but it's kenny singles match and jeff cobb is a solid dude so yeah this was a very enjoyable one i would have put it on last to be honest um i feel like that would have been the more suitable main event but that's just me 3.75 really good stuff uh i'd say go out of your way to check this one out more kenny singles matches please then for the AEW International Championship, Orange Cassidy took on The Butcher. Um, I remember seeing a lot of people saying they liked this match quite a bit, but I, I don't know. I feel like it just kept losing my attention, and I was getting distracted. Um, yeah, maybe it was an ADHD thing. I don't know. 2.75 for me. It was fine. Uh, Wheel of Nightingale took on her former tag team partner, Ruby Soho. Um, this was another match that was just all right, but... Uh, you know, definitely kept the storyline going but didn't particularly increase my interest for either wrestler but still it was all right 2.75 and then your main event adam cole returning to wrestle daniel garcia i'm really sad to say that i feel like garcia has been internalizing this sports entertainment character a lot and he's made his move set and hence his matches a lot more simplified and i really don't like it um i miss red death i i gotta say just far less grappling and a lot more like kicks and stomps and stuff and yeah I I wish he'd go back we used to be a society 2.75 it's nice to have Adam Cole back but he's not my favorite wrestler in the world you know he's 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 all right uh, but you know what has been all right more than all right pretty consistently since it started it's ROH on Honor Club. Uh, we open with the varsity athletes Ari Daivari and Tony Nice versus Aussie Open, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, I guess Ari Daivari is just part of the varsity athletes now. They're just, fuck it, he's in there. He's in both stables. He can have his own stable and be in another stable because he's rich. Uh, I'm happy to say this is one of the best Divari Nice matches I've seen. They bumped like motherfuckers to put Aussie Open over who were... Pretty fucking spectacular to be honest. I'm so glad these guys are getting booked in a bunch of tag matches because they are great. Wanna see more Ozzy open in ROH. Uh 3.75, really good opener for this show. After that, Mio yamashita took on Shaza mckenzie It was crazy how much Mio was wrestling this week. She was on R.O.H., she was on Impact, she was in Prestige, just everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. It's great stuff um this was a very enjoyable match um mia's got some great striking and shaza was able to keep up with her yeah liked it a lot would recommend you check it out 3.5 after that the embassy brian cage bishop Khan, and total Leona took on arjun singh deck draper and jd griffey um oh yeah deck draper was on uh, nwa as well um I will say that J.D. Griffey's, like, boxing, um, striking offense, it looks really good. And he's, like, a a unique wrestler who kind of stuck out in this match. Uh, It was only a 2.5 for me, though. Pretty short, not a whole lot happening. Then the infantry, Captain Sean Dean and Carly Bravo took on A.R. Fox and Metalik. A.R. Fox has kind of drifted around, trying out a bunch of tag teams and alliances and stuff, but uh, it's always good to see him. This is a fairly decent match. Um, nothing amazing really grabbed me though. Three, uh, three out of five. But then for the ROH Women's Championship, Athena took on Emmy Sakura, and boy oh boy, I was looking forward to this one. Both women are on fire lately, and this match did not disappoint. Hard hitting. Emmy's a fucking goddess. She's so good. Um, yeah, nothing really to say about this match other than it fucking rocks ass, and it. You would expect it to be good, and it's it's really good. Four out of five. Um, not the best Athena match I've seen this year, or maybe even not the best Emmy Sakura match I've seen this year, but either way, well worth your time. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Then we had a big old four way tag match Top Flight, Dante and Darius Martin versus the Lucha Bros, Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix versus the Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett versus La Facción Gobernable Ruche and Realistico. Um Hey, it's another party match, and uh, this one was a lot of fun. A bit chaotic, uh, some parts got a little messy, and I don't love the Kingdom, but lots to love about this match. 3.25 definitely kept the energy up on this uh ring of honor episode then wheeler yuda took on leon ruffin for the roh pure championship um fairly decent uh championship match here i feel like it was kind of showing the pure championship matches in a, a bit of a different light like this one was a little less competitive um so it was kind of showing what happens when like one wrestler dominates another in a pure match. Because uh, Leon kind of got his ass kicked in this one and had to use all his rope breaks really fast. So it, it was cool. A bit different. And, uh, you know, gives Wheeler another notch in his belt before things happen later. 3.25 out of 5. Then we have Blake Christian taking on El Hijo del Vikingo. Ho oh, ho, hot damn. Two of my most. Uh, Two of the most exciting young talents in the indie wrestling scene these days, Uh, putting on a belter. Not as good as the Kenny match, but still lots of innovative high-flying, some crazy brutal spots. These guys put on a great showing, and honestly, I would have put it in one match higher and had it in the main event. But uh, I don't blame them because the main event was Christopher Daniels versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, Sorry to say that this match was just good. Uh, It could have been a lot better um but yeah this was just a stopgap in the road to you know uh Kingston versus Claudio later this week it was all right what do you want from me overall an excellent ROH this week um this is another episode that makes me so excited about this show if you're not watching it already it's like 10 bucks. you get to watch a great card of wrestling every Thursday, and you get access to all the ROH archives as well, so it's like a really, really good deal if you're into Ring of Honor in any way, shape, or form. Great show this week, check it out. But then, it's fucking Thursday, Romania Weekend officially begins Uh, first show that I watched was Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9 and I gotta say I was pretty excited for this one Uh, it opened with Jeff Cobb versus Calder McCall Jeff Cobb had to haul ass over to Multiverse United after this so uh, pretty early on the card in a fairly short match but uh, I was at least happy with it because the ending the finish to this match my god it was fucking savage Uh, Cobb just Obliterated McCall with a huge power bomb and a big old fucking forearm to the face. It was awesome. Two point seven five, uh, decent opener. I will say, unfortunately, Calvin Tankman versus Eric Hammer. After that was uh, not very good. Pretty poor, to be honest. Uh, Tankman didn't get a whole lot of offense, and Eric Hammer's striking was pretty bad, to be honest. Um, Not good for like your average wrestling match, but especially not good for blood sport. Uh, 1.75. Was surprised to see a bad match on this card, but uh, thankfully it was very short. After that, Marina Shafir versus Killer Kelly. Fuck yeah, get in. Uh, Marina was built for blood sport. Honestly, she should fucking fight Josh Barnett. I don't even give a shit. Um, yeah, this was a, a solid match. Unfortunately, it didn't have as much time as it probably should have because there was a lot of stuff we had to get through on this card but marina looked fucking dominant and you know it was a very enjoyable uh work shoot type match 3.25 definitely uh, worth checking out and then the match that you're probably tuning in to see speedball mike bailey versus kota ibushi in his first match in like two years um, happy to say it delivered and, and was a satisfying match. Maybe not, you know, anything I'd put on my match of the year list, but uh, for the time that they had, these guys put on a, a very decent bout and uh, had some memorable spots. Kota's deadlift German suplex from the outside of the ring in was really, really cool, and it's great to see him back uh, in a wrestling ring. Can't wait to see where he goes from here. 3.75, definitely the highlight of the show. After that, Yuya Uemura took on Bad Dude Tito. Um, it's pretty funny to see Yuya doing, like, a cross body and, like, a drop kick in Bloodsport. Uh, unfortunately, these two just didn't really seem to click for me, and the match really never got to any, uh, significant heights, but, uh, 2.5. After that, Davey Boy Richards took on J.R. Kratos, um actually rated it a little higher than a lot of people a lot of people really hated this match I didn't hate it, it was just okay 2.75 uh, definitely nothing I'd ever watch again and I don't have much to say about it other than it was a Haas match and they did Haas things Johnny Bloodsport took on Royce Isaacs in the following contest, and that was, uh, you know, just another okay one. I feel like Johnny Bloodsport maybe isn't the best fit for this type of match, but uh, you know, he gave it his all. Two point seven five. Can't complain too much. After that, John Moxley took on Alex Coughlin in uh, a bit of a replacement spot for Davy Richards, who we'll, we'll we'll see where that goes. Uh in any case it was a pretty solid Mox match. I feel like it would have been better with a better opponent. Coglin is alright, but you know, it just doesn't match Moxley's star power and this match just felt like uh a a bit of a squash type deal, but well no, it was competitive, but you know Alex Coglin isn't maybe good enough to be competitive with Moxley in this type of match uh this high on the card in any case 3.25 not a bad match by any stretch of the imagination i still enjoyed it and your main event josh barnett taking on timothy thatcher fuck yes um goes to show how much timothy thatcher is respected um being that he's the first person to beat josh barnett on a bloodsport show um, the only person who came close was minoru suzuki who took him to a time limit draw This wasn't as good as the Speedball Ibushi match, but uh, as far as just like a really solid, grindy, grappling match, yeah, it's hard to find uh, much better than this, uh, just for like a straightforward technical bout. Um, But yeah, 3.5, definitely a worthy main event. Very happy to see Tim get this uh, big win. And overall, Bloodsport was pretty good. A couple of very worthwhile matches that you should go out of your way to see but then we had impact and new japan colliding at multiverse united only the strong survive uh the pre-show match was yuya uemura versus gabriel kidd um yeah i like this a little better than uemura's uh blood sport match i wonder if he and uh, jeff cobb like split a cab heading over there (laughs) um yeah three out of five for me pretty good pretty good opener um the actual show was uh open with the x division championship scramble trey miguel versus rich swan versus kevin knight versus frankie kazarian versus clark connors versus rocky romero um as you would expect this was a a Bunkers x division spot fest um it was a little messy and i do feel like some people um stood out a little more than others obviously trey miguel is great clark connors looked really good in this match kevin knight had a lot of really cool spots uh, yeah 3.5 excellent uh high energy opener after that fred rosser alex Coglin, callahan and pco took on team filthy tom lawler and jr kratos eddie edwards and joe hendry um yeah i don't actually remember a whole lot about this match i gave it a three so you know it definitely had some uh fun spots i think it was mostly pco diving off of things that's Yeah, a lot of crazy PCO spots, but um, kind of the low point of this card, even though it was still pretty all right. Jeff Cobb took on Moose in a big ol' Haas match. Um, It was pretty good, 3.25 for me. Uh, Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, though. It was just, you know, uh, a, a big burly brawl. Then a four-way match to determine the number one contender for the Impact Women's Championship. Miyumi took on Diana Perrazzo, Giselle Shaw, and Masha Slamovich. Uh, great to see Yamashita. I'd like to see her in singles matches against any of these women. Um, and it was a pretty solid match with some good striking and some uh, intense spots. Good action. 3.5. Definitely recommend it. Then in a fucking four-way tag mount for the impact tag team championship bullet club ace austin and chris bay defend their titles against tmdk shane haste and bad dude tito motor city machine guns chris savin and alex shelley and aussie open kyle fletcher and mark davis um yeah as you would expect from a match just jam-packed with cool tag teams this match was full of awesome spots great action, very enjoyable, very fast-paced. Um if you're into any of these guys, definitely worth checking out. 3.75. Uh, I also gave that to Leo Rush versus Kushida. Uh it didn't disappoint, but it did kind of fall short of my expectations. This was one of my most anticipated matches of the weekend. Uh Leo Rush obviously, he's so incredible. No one else moves like him. He's so graceful and and so intense. Um, but yeah, just, uh, a little bit short of, uh, a great match. It's just a good, really good one. After that, uh, oh, actually the real low point on the card, I'm sad to say, is Kenta versus Minoru Suzuki. Um, I've been seeing some alright stuff from Kenta lately. I just it's not old kenta it's it's current day 2023 kenta after having you know a ton of surgeries and stuff so i'm I'm sad to say that a lot of his matches are kind of boring and uh suzuki can sometimes have that problem too so put these two guys together and this was kind of a slow plotting match uh compared to you know all the fucking intense stuff that uh went before and after it because uh, our main event In a dream match, Speedball Mike Bailey taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Yeah, this one definitely delivered. Both guys putting in a lot of work to make this match feel special. Um, Yeah, definitely just check out Multiverse United. It was a really good card, very consistent level of quality. Some really, really strong matches capped off with a spectacular one. Four out of five. Then me go over to DDT. For DDT goes Hollywood. Opening with Shun Mao. Shunma, Katsumata, and Mao versus Chris Brooks and Yoshihiko. Um, this is obviously a comedy match because it involves Yoshihiko, uh, a, a an inanimate an doll. Uh, <laughs> this um, might have been the first Yoshihiko match I've seen. I've, I've definitely been aware of him because uh, you know, I've, I've looked into a lot of DDT DDT history and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to say this might be the best comedy match I've seen this year and maybe ever. I was laughing so hard in this one. These guys just put so much creativity and so much love and like joy into this match. I was just, it's just pure entertainment. And I know a lot of people would see wrestlers wrestling a, a lifeless doll and get pissed off and be like this is ruining wrestling i would argue you could only do this match if you love wrestling very 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 much um i feel like this was a showcase for these men and their skills as not just wrestlers but as a wrestling base like i've seen a lot of people say like this match really shows like the kind of physical and athletic work that goes into making an opponent look good and and the defensive part of wrestling. It's just as impressive as the offensive part. Um, you could throw this match on in front of somebody who doesn't even watch this shit and they would probably have a wonderful time because it's just silly goose shenanigans. Oh, So much fun. I, I, I will probably watch this again. I'm probably going to show this match to a lot of people because it's just pure joy. Four out of five... I feel like it deserves more than that, but I have to be realistic, and, and I cap it at a four, but this was a spectacular match, and I'm going to be thinking about it for a long time. After that, Pheromones, Denshoku Dino, and Yuki Ino took on Senshiro Takagi and Michael Nakazawa uh pheromones are going to get a lot of action this weekend and this was um a little more of a lackluster showing from them although it does end with what i can only describe as a dick sucking spot so uh if you like that sort of thing check out this match 2.5 after that kazusada higuchi and Takeshi masada took on nick wayne and andrew everett um I feel like there was a lot of Andrew Everett and maybe not enough Nick Wayne in this match, but it was still a fairly decent tag bout. Um, lots of chops, lots of kicks. Yeah, it was it was good stuff. Just maybe didn't feel particularly special on, on a card like this. Three out of five. Vert Vixen took on Saki Kai in what was unfortunately a bit of a brief match uh, that didn't really get off the ground. I feel like these two didn't have enough time to kind of feel each other out. 2.5 for that one. Then Tetsuya Endo took on Joey Janela. I'm unfortunately going to have to say a lot of this about Joey Janela matches. I just don't really fuck with him, to be honest. <laughs> um, his style of wrestling just isn't for me, because I know he used to be a deathmatch guy, and now he doesn't really do deathmatches anymore, but, you know, he does a lot of the long-winded indie epics that I find so hard to get through. Um, it was an okay match, but, uh, not a good one. 2.75 from me. Then Damnation TA, Daisuke Sasaki, and Cannon took on Jun Akiyama and Eddie Kingston. Very cool seeing Eddie team with one of his idols. Um, the problem is is that I like Canon and MJ Paul, not Canon and Daisuke Sasaki. Where's MJ Paul on this card? Grr. I'm mad about it. 2.75, match was okay. And then your main event, Yuki Ueno. Ueno. You know, I joke about it being Ueno, but I think that's what it actually is. That's what the commentators call him. Uh, versus Konosuke Takeshita. A rematch from their... Uh, Like post New Year's show, I don't know if you remember from like episode one, but it was a really good bout, and so was this one. I feel like if DDT is trying to like showcase their in ring, this is the match you put on. Uh, These guys work so well together, and I feel like there's a lot of mileage you could get out of this uh, this friendly feud that they have going on. Four out of five. This match. One of the things I love about a card like this is when it opens and ends with really, really good bouts. So you just you feel like even if the middle part wasn't so great, you still remember it as a fantastic show. Uh, very good showing from DDT here. A couple of whopper matches that you really owe it to yourself to see. Uh, The next morning, we had TJPW's Live in Los Angeles match, opening with Daisy Monkey, Eriso Endo, and Suzume versus Free Wi-Fi, Hikari Noah, and now Kakuta. Uh, Pretty solid tag match. I feel like TJPW tag matches can sometimes be a little lackluster. They don't have quite the level of quality that Stardom has, but this was still a pretty good one. Three out of five. Kai and Yukikama Fuku followed, and I was kind of excited for this one. I feel like they could have had a really good bout, but maybe they just didn't really work together that well. Uh, and I don't feel like this one was very long either, so it was just an average 2.5 for me. Hyper, uh, <laughs> following that, Hyper Mazao teamed up with Trish Adora against Raku and Yuki Aino. Uh, I liked seeing Hyper Mazao as always. Her goofy shenanigans are a lot of fun, and Trish Adora is really good too. Um, this match was pretty solid, 2.75, but nothing amazing. Thankfully, the show picked up from here. Miu Watanabe and Shoko Nakajima took on Wasteland War Party. Max the Impaler and Heidi Howitzer love Max and Heidi. They're so much fun, and seeing them wrestle Joshis is always a good time. Uh, Miu and Shoko were able to show off a lot of their uh, quite impressive skills in front of this L.A. crowd. hot match. Crowd were into it. And then uh, Rika Tatsumi defended her International Princess Championship against Billy Starks. Big Billy Starks fan. Really cool seeing her get this kind of opportunity. And the match was pretty solid. 3.25, not the best I've seen out of either of them, but, uh, you know, I was very happy with it. Then your main events, the... Your main event won 2 million. Mio Yamashita and Maki Ito versus Magical Sugar Rabbits. Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki for the um, Princess Tag Team Championships, I believe. Yes. Uh, this match was pretty awesome. I love uh, Yamashita and Maki Ito. I just seen them live a week before. Great team. Great individual wrestlers. And Mizuki and Yuka are... Kind of the other two most exciting wrestlers that TJPW has right now. Mizuki's Candy Shot is a fucking awesome move. So cool seeing it. And Sakazaki is just another one of those wrestlers who always gives you something a little bit different. Always really like puts on a, a very memorable performance. A great tag bout. Really good showcase for TJPW. I feel like they probably won over some fans on this weekend. 3.75. Very good match. Check it out. Hard to imagine, like, a TV wrestling show happening in the midst of all this. I definitely didn't watch, like, SmackDown or NXT Level Up or any of that shit this week, but I did watch Rampage, which opened with Sammy Guevara versus Kanosuke Takeshita. A uh, pretty solid Rampage opener. Guevara is alright, but Takeshita is excellent, so he can make Sammy look really good. This is um, probably the best Sammy match I've seen in a while, and a pretty consistent level of uh, quality from Takeshita a lot of his matches are kind of in the 3.5 to 4 range uh, we go over to Kings of the Black Throne Brody King and Malachi Black versus best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Baretta after that um, just a 2.75 because this match pretty quickly devolved into chaos and then ended in a rare DQ for AEW. Seems like um, the House of Black is kind of content to just cause chaos and so they don't really care if they win matches. They they just like hurting people. Pretty fun match but uh, kind of wish it had gone on a little longer. Marina Shafir took on Taya Valkyrie after this and unfortunately uh, that means that Marina is going to lose a little bit of her momentum to uh, make Valkyrie seem like a uh, more uh, fitting competitor to Jade. Yeah, this match was just all right. 2.5. I feel like uh, Marina's direction is unclear. If her matches uh, are getting quite better, it's it's kind of strange. And then your main event for uh, AEW Rampage this week: Juice Robinson versus Action Andretti. And I gotta admit, uh, neither guy is particularly my cup of tea. So this match was just alright. 2.75. Bit of a weak rampage. I maybe would have uh, swapped the opener and main event, but what are you going to do? And then back to the Ukrainian Cultural Center, or whatever it was called, for GCW versus DDT. We open with Saki Akai versus Dark Sheik. Unfortunately, I was looking forward to this match, but uh, yeah, it just wasn't very good. Um, Not a a terrific opener, uh, and I normally really like Dark Sheik, but this one just didn't click. 2.25. Oh, I do think there was an opening scramble that I skipped, though. Maybe this wasn't the actual opener. Uh, In any case, East West Express, Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver took on Moonlight Express, Mao and Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, Pretty spectacular match, a lot of crazy spots. Really cool seeing Mao and Speedball, knowing that they were a tag team for uh, many years, and they definitely work really well together. Yeah, uh, pretty solid spot fest. Uh, Unfortunately, this was the highlight of this show, and it was kind of all downhill from here. Starboy Charlie took on Kazusada Higuchi after that. Uh, Higuchi kind of just dog-walked Charlie, so if you like seeing mean Japanese men beating up young boys, you know, check this match out, but it was just a 2.75 from me. Joey Janela took on Yuki Ueno after that, and yeah, again, Janela's wrestling just doesn't grab me there are so many guys that do everything that he does so much better and his character doesn't particularly do it for me so yuki kind of didn't have a ton to work with here 2.5 average at best then we had burning Jen and tetsuya endo taking on homicide and tony Deppen. i gotta be honest my attention was really really uh sparse in this match i just don't really remember a whole lot about it 2.25 after that second gear crew one called manders mance warner and matthew justice took on chris brooks mizuki watase and shunma katsumata i like brooks and i like shunma i don't really care for second gear crew's big six-man tag brawls because they immediately just break off into brawling in the crowd and then everyone just kind of hits each other with stuff for a while and, and then it's over Um, I did like Chris Brooks fucking obliterating people with, um, like, the plastic Lego bins. That was pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, it was a 2.75. It was a fun hardcore bout, but, you know, your mileage may vary if that's the kind of thing you're usually into. But up next... I appreciate your input. People's dream match of the weekend. Bussy, Effie, and Allie Catch took on Pheromones, Dan Shoku Dino, and Yuki Ino. Yeah, this match was very inappropriate, very sexual. Um, By the end of it, everyone was wearing a thong. uh, A lot of ass spots, a lot of dick spots. Uh, If you're into. Effie and his stick, which I'm not sure that I am. Uh, you will find this an enjoyable match. It, it was certainly fun, and it's certainly the kind of match that maybe you want to se- take a screenshot and and send it to somebody who would appreciate a laugh. Um, this match ended in a no contest due to too much ass eating. Uh, just to tell you where that's leading to. Uh, 2.75. It, it it was fine. It's just maybe not my favorite part of uh, part of this card. In your main events, Yoshihiko defending the DDT Iron Man Heavy Metal Championship against Cole Radrick. Uh, unfortunately, this one wasn't as good of a Yoshihiko match as the uh, tag bout from earlier in the day. Um, mostly because this match was more of a hardcore bout, so it was less about showcasing, you know, some really good like wrestling basics and more just hitting a doll with things. Um, so, you know, the crowd obviously was very into it and they were playing along and it wasn't bad, but just having seen Yoshihiko perform so much better earlier, uh, in the collective, uh, this one was not as good. Three out of five, but it was a fun end to this show. Oh my God. We have so much to get through. This episode might kill me. All right. Super card of honor. Let's talk about... The best show this weekend had to offer. It opened with the Triple A Mega Championship, Elijo del Vikingo versus Commander. Uh, yeah, what do you expect? These guys put on a baller fucking high flying match. <laughs> Pretty much everyone knew it was going to be spectacular and it did not disappoint. Four out of five, you wish you could open your shows this hot every single time. Uh, then for the ROH World Trios Championship, the Embassy, Brian Cage, Bishop Kahn, and Toa Leona took on AR Fox, Blake Christian, and Metalik. Wasn't sure how to feel about this one going into it, but then it ended up having some pretty intense spots, and it flowed really well. It was very enjoyable. Surprised to say this was a 3.5 out of 5. Very, very decent match coming out of the Embassy. Probably the best one I've seen from them so far. Then Athena took on Yuka Sakazaki for the ROH Women's World Championship. Um, Athena is probably, out of all of the implants from WWE, the absolute MVP for AEW. They are so lucky they picked her up because she is just being served the ball and knocking it out of the park. Um, this was not as good as the Emmy Sakura match from earlier in the week. I feel like Yuka and Athena they needed a few minutes to kind of figure each other out but once they did and the match kicked into another gear it got really really good a 3.75 very welcome on this card loved the match uh, after that samoa joe took on mark briscoe for the roh world television championship um, i know a lot of people are really upset that mark lost i personally love the storyline that mark and jay for that matter could never beat samoa joe in a singles match but samoa joe could never beat the briscoes no matter who he picked as his tag team partner so i think it makes sense that mark lost this one you know he was like looking to tag in his dead brother and like he clearly needs to figure out how he's going to wrestle a match like uh, samoa joe without jay in his corner so um I really liked this, and I didn't hate the ending like a lot of people did, so 3.5 for me. Recommended. After that, Daniel Garcia took on Hiroshi Tanahashi, and I really wish I could tell you that this match rocked ass, but it was just alright. 3 out of 5. I remember when Daniel Garcia was one of the most exciting wrestlers on the AEW roster, but lately his matches have just been, like, kinda tepid. I I really hope to see better out of him soon, but uh, thankfully... The show immediately kicked into high gear. It was the Reach for the Sky Ladder match for the vacant ROH World Tag Team Championship. Lucha Bros, Penta Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix versus Top Flight, Dante and Darius Martin versus The Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett versus Ozzy Open, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher versus LaFaction and Gobernable Rush and Jarlistico Ah, I almost made it. Yeah, this match obviously was going to be awesome, and it. I mean, what do you want from me? It was a a party match. It was a insane high spot fest. So many crash and burn spots. So many crazy moments. Oh, Ozzy open doing those double pile drivers on the on the stage was fucking sick. Oh man, and poor Dante's horrible horrible injury that is sadly going to derail this team top flight yet again a sad uh asterisk to add on to what is otherwise just a spectacular unbelievable match that uh, you owe it to yourself to check out 4.25 i think this was the best match of the weekend to be honest yeah i didn't rate anything else that high um you know if if you like this kind of match what are you doing listening to me like go check it out uh, after that, Wheeler Yuta defending his ROH Pure Championship against the wrestler, Katsuyori Shibata. Fuck yeah. Um, this is obviously the kind of match that Shibata should be wrestling. Something that's based around grappling, that's not going to put him in any risk of cranial harm, because every time he steps between the ropes, y- you know that there's a chance you could watch a man die. You know? <laughs> he has been through hell and back and insists on continuing to do this crazy sport uh it's it's something else i'm happy to say that the match was really good maybe not as good as some of the other matches on the card or even the main event but uh damn it's it's great seeing shibata work and he won the title so he's gonna be around ring of honor for a while now and that's really really cool uh two 3.75 uh really really solid match and then your main event for the ROH World Championship, Claudio Casignoli versus Eddie Kingston. These guys wrestled a, a, a very tough match, T-U-F-F. Um, a lot of big ol' strikes and uppercuts, some nasty suplexes on the outside. This felt like a, a Japanese match from like the 90s. Really suitable main event for this card. It definitely delivered... Um, and there's definitely room for this uh this storyline to grow, so i'm hoping to see more Claudio versus Eddie. I feel like they can push this uh even higher uh four point five whew, what a card what a super card of honor um <laughs> kind of showing up w w e by making this show such a breeze to watch, packed full of great wrestling memorable moments um just a real shame what happened to dante his poor foot. Uh, speedy recovery for that guy, even though I'm, I'm sure he's gonna be on the shelf for quite a while. And then over to GCW yet again for Joey Janela's Spring Break 7. Uh, not a fan of Joey Janela, but he definitely puts on some pretty good shows. This one opened with the Grab the Brass Ring DLC match, that's Doors, Ladders, and Chairs. Gringo Loco versus Shane Mercer versus Tony Deppin versus Cole Radrick versus Commander versus Billy Starks versus Blake Christian versus Alec Price versus Jack Cartwheel. Um pretty sick match, big ol' spot fest, pretty fast paced, lots of people getting in their shit, so to speak. I really like the finish of Blake Christian, just fucking obliterating Billy Starks with that curb stomp. Uh 3.25, really solid opener to the show. After that, the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley took on East-West Express, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Unfortunately, I, I really thought this one could blow me away, but uh, it ended up just being good. Um, maybe this was me just being kind of burnt out of wrestling for this week. I, I don't know, because there was so much going on. But I just, I feel like this should have been one of the best things to talk about, and it was just a 3 out of 5 for me. Um, but, you know, still still an okay match. Nothing to complain about, really. I just kind of expected a banger and didn't really get one. After that, El Hijo del Vikingo took on Speedball Mike Bailey for the A Mega Championship, another one of these uh, Speedball Dream matches that he was just putting on a plethora of And this weekend. Um, not the best Vikingo match I've seen this week, not the best Speedball match I've seen this week, but still put two guys like this in a ring together and you're going to have magic. It's, n- it's not going to be bad. Uh 3.5 out of five. You this is the kind of match you could put on any card, and it's gonna excel. It just didn't quite get to um you know, like all timer status. After that, Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie took on Maki Death Kill, Maki Ito, and Nick Gage. I was actually kind of not dreading, but just worried that this match was gonna suck, and it ended up being pretty decent. Uh, solid brawl with some fun weapon spots, and it's just fun seeing Maki Ito team with Nick Gage. Yeah, and an, an enjoyable kind of fluff match. Three out of five from me. And then your penultimate match of Spring Break: Masha Slamovich defending the GCW World Championship against Steph Delander. Um, pretty not lackluster, but just average match on a fairly spectacular card um steph delander is not a bad wrestler by any stretch of the imagination but i'm i feel like a little more time on the indie scene to kind of uh expand her repertoire would uh, definitely do her very well she's got a very good uh, foundation to build off of 2.75 thankfully it wasn't super long and then Your main event, Joey Janela taking on Kota Ibushi in one of the weirdest mismatches I've ever seen. A wrestler like Kota Ibushi is going to get absolutely everything possible out of a wrestler like Joey Janela. Ibushi basically squeezing blood from a stone here and getting a a pretty good match out of Janela that I'm comfortable recommending to you. 3.5, um better than i expected it to be but unfortunately neither abushi match was truly incredible but both were very good and you should watch them 3.5 pretty solid spring break card um didn't have anything that lit the world on fire but uh you know it was worth watching and now we're over to the april segments of this episode and it's basically all wwe from here on out so strap yourself in Starting with NXT Stand and Deliver, which opened with an NXT Women's Championship ladder match. Roxanne Perez versus Zoe Stark versus Gigi Dolan versus Indy Hartwell versus Lyra Valkyria versus Tiffany Stratton. I will say, out of all of the big party matches that I saw this week, this one was like the most choreographed. It had some cool, crazy spots, but you could tell like somebody had definitely broken down for everybody in this segment exactly what they need to do step by step um which isn't necessarily a bad thing it was still enjoyable but you could definitely tell how like how pre-planned and like too perfect a lot of the stuff looked um but still it was a fine ladder match very very fun uh brisk pace and i was happy to see it up in the show 3.5 recommended uh, after that, Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang took on the Creed Brothers, Julius and Bruce Creed, and Tony D'Angelo and Channing Lorenzo for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Um, I feel like after the previous match, this one just couldn't go balls out and just deliver, like, a crazy-ass match, um, so it ended up just being kind of a, a, a mech brawl. 2.5 for me, um... Kind of one of the lower points on this card, and there were a few, but not your next match. It was one of the best ones I saw all weekend. Wesley versus JD McDonough versus Ilya Dragunov versus Dragon Lee versus Axiom. Holy shit! This match reminds me of old NXT. Um, Just an an incredible, high-paced flurry of of excellent wrestlers doing excellent moves. Dragunov is incredible. Uh, Axiom, the sky is the limit for that guy, and you know I'm I'm so glad he he has a character that's taking off. Dragon Lee had a decent showing. I don't I feel like he didn't really blow any minds or anything, and he's one of the more less exciting New Japan names that uh, could possibly show up at NXT. But he's there now, and he was part of a very good match. So it was four out of five, very very enjoyable. Um, And, yeah, if it weren't for that, this card would be a little on the lackluster side, but this one kind of saves it. Uh, Johnny Gargano took on Grayson Waller in an unsanctioned match. Um, Gargano hardcore-type matches uh, tend to be sometimes a little plotting. Sometimes they are a little too reliant on the dramatic stuff. Um, but thankfully, this one was all right. It kept up a decent pace. It had some heated spots. Uh, 3.25. Unfortunately, the quality takes a big dip after this point. Fallon Henley and Kiana James took on Alba Fire and Isla Dawn for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Who boy, I can barely tell you who Fallon Henley and Kiana James are. They are like they're the women's tag team champions going into this match. And they're probably the least memorable wrestlers that NXT has. I don't know who these people are. Like, I've watched a bunch of their matches now, and I, I I couldn't pick them out of a police lineup. They're just so unnotable. Couldn't even tell you who won this match. Maybe Elbow Fire and Isla Dawn won. You know, and at least they make sense as a tag team, and they're memorable characters 2.25 apparently this match happened and then your main event for the nxt championship Braun breaker versus carmelo hayes oh man i'm excited for this one this could be possibly the best singles match nxt is capable of putting on it fucking sucked it was so boring i swear to god they were just afraid of letting carmelo do any of his like regular intense offense because it would make braun look bad but what you have instead is a match that sucks and makes both of them look bad i i couldn't believe my eyes i was watching this slow glacial paced match that just never seemed to light a fire under its ass ever and i'm like really got really the two best singles wrestlers in nxt and and this is this is well maybe not best but you know just like highest ranking you know most star power this is like the biggest main event they can do and it was so boring Ugh. bad match like almost actively bad I, I gave it a two point two five which for the main event of what is essentially an NXT takeover is is really pathetic um, yeah. Uh, Thank God for that North American Championship match, because otherwise I would tell you that Stand and Deliver kind of sucked. But, uh, you know, the ladder match and uh, the men's scramble were really, really solid. I would say cherry-pick those matches, watch those. Otherwise, the show wasn't really worth your time. Let's see if WrestleMania is any better. We open with Austin Theory. Fuck! (laughs) Fuck! versus john cena for the united states championship big match john comes out with all his make-a-wish kids and it's a genuinely lovely moment and then he just eats shit in front of all of them and loses to austin theory one of the least exciting and most unspecial wrestlers working today wow (laughs) way to start the show guys two out of five I am happy to say that, uh, for the most part, WrestleMania Night 1 picked up and maintained a pretty consistent speed, other than all the extra bullshit that I didn't watch and skipped. Um, We go to your four-way tag bout party match, Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar, Smash White Supremacy, and the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, and Otis. Boy, I feel like I've just seen so many would-be star-making performances from Chad Gable. The amount of times I've seen that guy just light a crowd on fire and do something insane that a man his size should not be able to do. He's incredible. He is a a, a fucking merch machine just waiting to happen if they give him the right run and just treat him like a fucking badass who could beat anybody because he can he's a tremendous wrestler and oh boy with this whole UFC deal going on and a lot of people saying you know get ready for some roster cuts Chad Gable might be the kind of guy that they really want to hold on to or the kind of guy they immediately want to discard we'll see my fingers are crossed for Chad Gable and AEW in 2023 3.5 really solid tag bout <clears throat> a lot of fun a lot of a lot of spots. It was a good time. Up next, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because I really don't like Logan Paul. He's an intensely dislikable person to me. I don't like seeing him in wrestling. I don't care if he's good. I don't care if his matches are good. I just dislike him so much as a human being. I don't want him on my TV. Um, This match was a 3.5. You know, really solid, had some fun spots. Logan's really good. I don't give a shit. He sucks. Um, sad to see Seth Rollins kind of slumming it with this loser. Happy to say he won, at least. I'd be really depressed if Seth Rollins lost to Logan fucking Paul. Yeah, I'm just going to move on. Fuck that guy. 3.5. It's a good match. Whatever. If you don't hate Logan, watch it, I guess. After that, Damage Kataro, Bailey, Sky, and Dakota Kai versus Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, and Lita. Uh this, you know, was a a fun Christmas time nostalgia match. Everybody loves seeing Trish and Lita. Yeah, it, it was decent damage control. Came in with some fun heel ideas. Definitely wasn't a bad match, but it was just kind of like, oh yeah, this has to happen. So, you know, nothing crazy, but 3.25. It was fun. After that, Rey Mysterio took on his own flesh and blood, Dominic Mysterio, in a match that to be honest, since we knew it was going to happen for so long, WWE has done a really good job of like building anticipation for it. This is kind of like the second best storyline they've done this year, up there with the bloodline. Like People were invested. They were actually doing some good stuff here, and I'm happy to say that the match delivered. It had a decent pace. It had some solid storytelling, a lot of callbacks to Ray's relationship with Eddie Guerrero, um yeah it was just a a fun storyline match that felt satisfying and cathartic uh 3.75 really good stuff ray is an all-time great and it's it was without question that he was going to get his flowers and it it is nice that he's getting them while he can still put on a good a good performance um yeah good match 3.75 After that, Charlotte Flair defended her WWE SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. Uh, It's so weird to say this, but Charlotte Flair has been one of the worst wrestlers (laughs) in any company. Uh, So far this year, uh, I've seen more bad Charlotte Flair matches than good ones. Uh, Thankfully, though, her and Ripley were able to put on a really, really solid bout here. Uh, She turned up with her working boots on, was ready to make Rhea look like an absolute star. This was a a very enjoyable match. It it felt similar to the Rey Mysterio match, to be honest. It was just, like, paced really well, didn't overstay its welcome. It was dramatic. The crowd was behind it. Pretty good stuff. 3.75. And then The Miz versus Pat McAfee. Um... Yeah, WWE has a lot of celebrity wrestlers these days, and Pat McAfee is a fun personality, and he's pretty good at wrestling. Pretty good. Not as good as Logan Paul or maybe even Bad Bunny, but he's all right. The problem is is that (sighs) all this match serves to do is remind everyone how much The Miz sucks. And I don't know, if I were The Miz at this point in my career... I, I maybe wouldn't be doing feuds that just constantly make me look like a piece of shit. Like, just really the the worst the industry has. Uh, he's constantly getting his ass kicked by people who aren't wrestlers. He is constantly going out of his way to not wrestle an enjoyable match. I don't know. I gave it a 1.5. I barely remember anything about it. I just remember being pissed off that it was happening. And I don't even care about The Miz. Maybe this was better. Maybe it was worse. I don't know. 1.5. It it, it was a thing that happened. Hardly a match. Whatever. Your main event for WrestleMania Night 1. The Usos, Jimmy, and Jay took on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the WWE United Tag Team Championships. Sorry, Undisputed Tag Team Championships. This is not as good as if Sami had won the big one. Um... But this is the consolation prize that we all knew was coming. It is very, very satisfying to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the two men that got me back into watching wrestling, uh, taking the, the big old stage at WrestleMania and, and winning a main event together. Like It's something a decade ago would have seemed pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, they're my boys, and I'm so happy for them. I know pretty much everyone in the industry is happy for them it's It's not what Sammy truly deserved, but it's at least some recognition and some acknowledgement that, yes, he is a star, and he should have been a long time ago, but much like Brian Danielson, he's just been too good for too long for them to keep ignoring him um, yeah. Wish it had turned out better for Sammy, but this is still a, a really nice moment, and you know they deserve it so so much. Four out of five. The match itself wasn't anything too spectacular. Like they didn't do a whole lot of different stuff. It was more just like the Usos doing their regular tag team stuff, just in a really like just cranked up to eleven. And there were, like, a couple of of kind of creative, unique spots. Like, there was a big suplex to the outside from Sammy. But other than that, it was just them kind of doing their their basic tag team maneuvers really, really well and just pacing it um, in a a very enjoyable fashion. Great way to cap off night one. Sorry to say that it's uh, not going to reach these heights on night two, which opened with Brock Lesnar versus Omos. It was kind of interesting at first seeing Brock getting just manhandled by somebody but then it very quickly became obvious that almost doesn't have anything else he can really do other than like a bear hug and (laughs) the excitement of seeing Brock getting thrown around very quickly wore off when you realize oh that that was it that was all we get Um, because then he gets his comeback and wins yeah 2.5 not much to talk about. It was interesting for a second, but then it, you very quickly came back down to earth and realized what was actually happening. Then you get a women's four-way tag bout for t- bragging rights, I guess. Natalia and Shotzi versus Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Um, yeah, not a whole lot going on in this match. I feel like the crowd was kind of deflated for it. Ronda and Shayna... You know, whatever, they're a fine tag team, I guess. Ronda looks stupid, as always. Her makeup is fucking horrendous. I don't understand why she always comes out with stupid shit on her face. Ugh. Very average match. After that, for the Intercontinental Championship, oh it's Gunther defending his title against Chavis and Drew McIntyre. Oh, very anticipated triple threat match. Huh. That was one of my better ones. Ah, yes. The uh, big ol' burly man brawl that we were all promised that everyone was waiting to see. Was it the best match of WrestleMania weekend? Um, No, I'm sorry to say it fell a little short in that respect. It wasn't even the best WrestleMania match. But everything that you wanted this match to have, it did have. It had a million chops. It had tons of nasty strikes. It was just... Uh, a match where very tough men hit each other for quite a long time and you know who can hate that Uh, it was very satisfying the best match on this card in particular um, just maybe a a few chops short of a 4 so 3.75 for me Um, I did expect a little more but I was happy with it then for the WWE Raw Women's Championship Bianca Belair defending her title against Asuka um I love Asuka, but it just doesn't seem like they know what they're doing with her. Like, she's so far and away above so many other wrestlers on the on the women's roster, so it's kind of hard for them to use her without mm, kind of hurting her value as a wrestler. Um, case in point, she lost here, and I really don't think she should have. Um, the match was okay. I, I know Asuka's capable of better. Bianca's very hit and miss. I feel like if she has a very experienced opponent and the match is based around letting that opponent kind of dictate the flow then it usually turns out really really good um this one she was kind of in the driver's seat for more of it and I didn't you know hit that third gear that really let this match start flying so just a 3 out of 5 for me like expected a little bit better from this one (laughs) And for the the next quote unquote match, I'm I'm really conflicted because on the one hand, this was the worst shit I've seen all year. Um, that this was the worst excuse for a wrestling match I've seen from anyone, even Billy Corgan. But at the same time, just the Schaudenfreude of of this match is too good to pass up. So on one hand, I hated this this match I'm about to tell you about, dear listener. On the other hand, it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen, and I kind of loved it. The Miz versus Shane McMahon? Or maybe Snoop Dogg? It was it was kind of both. Um, because, of course, Shane McMahon makes his return to a big pop. He does a leapfrog over The Miz and immediately tears his quad. Because, you know, uh, Vince McMahon Sr. did a deal with the devil, uh, cursing all of the McMahon men with weak quads, because this just keeps happening to them. Um, Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. I'm sure tearing your quad is a fucking excruciating experience, and it looked like he was in a lot of pain. But holy shit, dude! (laughs) Just immediately, immediately eats shit on the first move. Oh my god, This this was the big surprise. This was the big the big headline grabbing moments so Shane McMahon is unable to compete and they just happen to have Snoop Dogg here and I, I imagine he was probably supposed to come into this match and, and do a spot but they were just like oh no Shane's fucked you, you gotta get in there and just like just punch the Miz and, and pin him I guess so now it's a match against Snoop Dogg and to his credit Snoop Dogg clearly rolled with it. He didn't panic, um, but <laughs> oh, this just this makes the Miz so bad because he he could have a real match with Shane McMahon and at least look like a wrestler. Um, this is him getting punched out by a 54 year old man wearing a board ape jacket. <laughs> I can't think of anything more embarrassing more shameful, more damaging to your prestige as a wrestler or even as a character in the wrestling world than getting jobbed out by Snoop Dogg. Oh. this, This match simultaneously pissed me off, and at the same time, I just wanted to, like, rub it into my skin and just, like, transdermally, like, absorb this match so it can be with me forever. I just it's it's magical it's it's kind of everything that this company deserves to happen to them is to just have a big embarrassing failure on their biggest show of the year this is a one out of five match i always said you know i would give a one or lower to a match that's barely even a wrestling match at all containing people who are so bad at this that you hesitate to even rank it any like give it any kind of rating I was unsure if I would ever rate a match as a one, and here it is. I I struggle to know what would make it worse because I can't think of, of of much worse than this. Wow, you you owe it to yourself to check out the worst match of the year on WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all. I wish the show just ended here. <laughs> I really wish it did. Oh, uh, but. We've got a couple more matches to go. So we had Hell in a Cell, Edge, coming out to South of Heaven by Slayer. Holy shit. Um, And then it immediately gets interrupted for Metalingus, his usual uh, entrance theme. I kind of wish he had just stuck with Slayer, to be honest. That would have been fucking sick. Against the demon Finn Balor, Prince Devitt. Um, I feel like this match could have really been awesome. uh, And it definitely was good. But it was kind of hampered by the fact that uh, Finn Balor cut his fucking scalp open, something fierce, and had to be administered staples at ringside, and a numbing agent, which I can only imagine doesn't help your ability to wrestle a good match. Uh, So in the end, this one was just good. It was solid. It had some entertaining moments. But it also had a lot of stuff that was just kind of laughably bad, like... Why are all the kendo sticks and chairs and tables color-coordinated? You realize hitting somebody with a purple kendo stick doesn't look cool, right? Like, just because the Judgment Day's color is purple doesn't mean making something purple automatically makes it cool. It's actually pretty fucking cringe. Um, Anyways, 3.25, probably the best Edge could do at this stage in his career. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine, but I feel for Finn, and I feel like he probably could have wrestled a better match if his head wasn't numb. And then your main event for the WWE Undisputed Championship: Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Finish the fucking story. Um, yeah, the match was fine. You know, it was cody's usual shtick a lot of highs and lows some running spots some hope spots then he just fucking loses um in the coming days and weeks you will see a lot of people defending this decision saying that you know oh roman needs to get to a thousand days and roman needs to beat all these records and stuff and it's like yeah 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 sure but They are never going to have a better opportunity to get the belt off of him and have it be memorable, notable, and enjoyable. When it happens, because they've done this several times now, nobody's going to give a shit. Like, Cody will probably win it at fucking WrestleMania Backlash or Night of Champions or, or some shit. I don't even know if they do that one, but... He will probably win it. He should have won it last night, and he didn't. So there's an opportunity that slipped through their fingers forever. Never going to get that one back again. There's nobody on the roster that can match Cody Rhodes' level of star power. So it's it's got to be Cody or no one. And if you had him lose at the biggest show of the year, what's the point? Like, do you not understand how stories work? You know, Triple Paul is in the the press conference after, afterwards saying, well, our stories don't end. Yeah, well, if you're reading a shitty book that continuously pisses you off and doesn't seem to end, eventually you put the book down. And I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter, you know, casual fans, the people that they are trying to court to watch their shows, being like, why should I give a shit? You've done this to me twice now in the past, like, two months. You know? You made me care and then basically gave me the middle finger just being like, eh, f- fuck you for watching. Fuck you for caring. Tune into WrestleMania Backlash and maybe we'll do the right thing. Like, they're gonna justify it over and over and over again as the best thing for business to keep the belt on Roman. <sighs> I think there's just so many metrics that even a a nobody like me, somebody who's not even involved in the business can point to and be like, that's obviously not true. That is obviously false. Just what a, what a fucking mistake. Um, There are people in the, in the audience who were absolutely pissed. There are people who watched at home who probably paid through the nose for this fucking show who are absolutely pissed. Who aren't gonna watch on Monday? Because they're like, "Well, why should I give a shit?" You strung me along for a fucking year, and you weren't able. You were too gutless to pull the trigger at the moment where it would have mattered the most. Like, idiot company embarrasses self. It is pretty fitting that uh, such a huge weekend of wrestling that is built around this company, WWE and, and the way that they've changed the industry and the way that they've, they've done things for so long is capped off with a reminder of just how shallow and cynical and unfun a lot of their product is. It's, it's miserable being a WWE fan, I can, I can only assume. Because you got to put up with this kind of thing a lot. You got to put up with your guys constantly eating shit. You got to put up with endless title reigns of unenjoyable characters who have long since run out the clock of being interesting or enjoyable. I just don't know how they do it. I don't know how they keep putting themselves through this and constantly being like, "Okay, well, just wait and see what happens." <sighs> you know, I waited. I saw what happened, <laughs> and. I am so glad I'm not emotionally invested in WWE, because I'd I'd be fuming right now. I'm not even invested in it, and I'm I'm pretty upset that that they would do something this stupid. Um, And they're probably going to merge with UFC now, so that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm expecting a lot more roster cuts, which could mean exciting for the indie scene and for AEW, or maybe even new japan um might shake the industry up a little bit in a good way or maybe wwe will just keep eating shit uh who knows i barely care but uh compared to everything else that went around wrestlemania um wrestlemania was pretty fucking ugh. 141 matches, ladies and gentlemen. I am going to go soak my head in a bucket of ice or something and maybe scrub away the memories of some of these matches that I've experienced this weekend. Thank you for sitting through this extra long episode if you have reached the end. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Matt Baske or follow the show at Taters Show. And thank you so much if you've uh, been listening on a regular basis. I really appreciate you listening to me ramble on. We're gonna be back next week with less wrestling than this. Oh Jesus! I might give myself a, a little bit of a break and maybe I don't know, not watch NWA or something. Anywho, uh, what, what what's 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 what, what's the what, what's the thing that that I always say? I don't know. I guess I'm just gonna go smoke weed and watch wrestling.